What's up, everyone? This is a brand new episode of the Triple Option Report podcast. And today, this is a, a pretty NBA-heavy episode. A lot happened over the weekend. NBA free agency happened. And biggest news that comes out of that, obviously, is, is Dame Lillard possibly to Miami. And uh, they obviously, they need a, at this point, they need a third team involved. And I don't know who that third team would be. Most likely, it'll be Miami. That's what it's kind of dwindled down to. Because apparently, the Sixers are thinking, I uh, don't know if I want to get involved in this because Miami's his favorite. And what other teams are, the Nets, maybe? Or, yeah, that's probably it. Because I don't think anyone in the West is who he's aiming for. And he even liked the tweet that pretty much stated, like, yeah, what he wants to do with uh, Miami, what LeBron did with Miami, and then, like, have his own big three, win some titles, and then go back to Portland and do the same thing LeBron did with Cleveland, which would be, <laughs> that'd be funny if that happened. It'd be pretty cool. Do I think that happens? It's a lot more, It's that's a lot harder than it looks, let's just say that. But overall, uh, yeah, it, it, I mean, it looks like this trade is most likely to happen. Well, I'll get back to that later on. I would say, though, well, actually, no, I'll stick with this. I think if I was going to do the two big trades left to happen, I think, this to me, I think Dan goes to the Heat. Most likely, they'd have to let go of both Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson III to, ha- to make it happen and have a third team involved. But I think that probably happens either today or tomorrow, most likely. Maybe later on in the week, because, again, these trades last. These When, they, when these trades and decisions actually happen, they take some time, the big ones. They they prove, That's been shown to us over the last few years that these things aren't like... They usually don't last, like, the first or two, one or two days. My second big trade, I think, happens. I think Harden goes to the Clippers. I don't know if that one involves a third team, but I do think... Most likely that Harden's probably going to, to the Clippers. They're joined back with uh, Russ, maybe, and Paul George and Kawhi. I wonder how it's going to work, if that were to happen. That'd be interesting. But yeah, like overall, a lot of teams made a lot of good moves. I didn't see a lot of bad moves. A lot of players made a lot of money. A lot of money. Uh, overall, there's a lot of winners over this NBA free agency. Uh, I'd probably say the Lakers are, are definite winners. They pretty much accomplished everything they needed needed to get, and they got it all at a bargain. Really, they practically traded Troy Brown for uh, Torian Prince. Like they like they really did kind of they they practically traded uh, uh, Dennis Schroeder for Gabe Vincent. Like they did what they needed to do. They got three point shooters to a certain extent. They improved on an already elite defense. And they got the big man, Jackson Hayes, probably going to get another big man for cheap and get probably keeping one of the two between uh, Lonnie Walker and, and uh, Malik Beasley. So, like, overall, they did their job. They, they resigned all the players they needed to resign. Uh, the Suns, you know, I don't know if this makes the Suns that much better than what they were last year, but for what they wanted to do, they did it. And honestly, yeah... Not a lot of talent they got, but they knew they were going to get a lot. And they got, to a certain extent, something that they needed, right? They got a couple of big men. Not that higher quality big men, but still, they needed, I mean, 
they just didn't have any big men like that, period. So might as well get what you can, right? With the money they'd had left. And with, like I said, with the money, they, they, getting Watanabe, hope I'm pronouncing that correct, uh, getting him uh, for that cheap amount of money is kind of a bargain. I will say there's one good move they did outside of like Bradley Bill, obviously. Because he can shoot a three really well. Really well, especially the corner three. So that helps. And that can help open up the offense. So he's probably going to be like the main guy reserve, you know, supporting cast for them this year. But another team that did well, I think Memphis. The Grizzlies, I thought, I don't know. I like what the Grizzlies did. I thought they did a good job of getting somewhat older, more mature talent that might not help them like that on the court, but definitely behind the scenes. I think Marcus Smart and Derrick Rose, I think having older, especially Derrick Rose, like older, more mature talent would really help them out. And that's what they needed really more than anything. They're, they're going to come back a lot more healthier. Uh, their big men will be back, which they weren't during the postseason. Uh, ja is only out for, what, 25 games? That's actually shockingly low. So hopefully he has a good head on his shoulders because when he does, he's a beast. He's one of the best point guards in the NBA. So, like, he's already, like, a top 20 player in the NBA, honestly, when he's got his, uh, you know, when he's acting smart off the court. So, yeah, if they can just get some maturity, and they did that. And Marcus Smart, like, I'll say it's about Dylan Brooks. Dylan Brooks, to me, is already an all-NBA, like, all-defensive, well, not all-NBA, but he's an all, no, he's an all-defensive quality of player in terms of his defensive quality. So, like, he's not that far off Marcus Smart defensively, I don't think. But the big difference was shooting and offense. Marcus Smart. Now, at first, Brooks actually had a pretty solid, somewhat even good three-point shooting his first two years. But he really regressed his last two years. Like, really regressed. And even his shooting form went off. So I don't know what happened there. But Marcus Smart, he's a pretty reliable off-ball three-point shooter. Like, when he needs to be. So that helps out a lot. So... Yeah, I, I I do think I not was not a fan of paying uh Bane that much money, but overall I thought that he did a pretty good job. Uh, the Pacers did a great job, I thought. Underrated. I really like their moves. I like the draft picks too. Like keeping Halliburton and and, and and yeah, I I was a big fan of what they what they did. I think they'll be a surprise team to a certain extent in the East next year. And then bringing in Bruce Brown, yeah. Uh, the Bucks. The Bucks did lose. Uh, but, I mean, they did lose a key player, like, on offense. But they did were, they were able to, to, to keep everyone they had to keep. Like, they were able to, 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 to re-sign and bring back uh, Brooke Lopez, which they really needed to do. Like, badly. They were to, to, to keep uh, Chris Milton. So overall, I think the Bucks, for the most part, kept their supporting cast, their crew together, and that's really all you could ask for with them. The Kings kept a good amount of their players, too. Like, I don't know they're going to be able to keep everyone, but they kept as much as they could, and that's really all you could ask for. Again, young team, that's all you, you needed, really. Hopefully they get better defense, but... Overall, I, was, I liked what the Kings were doing. They did what they needed to do. Uh, I was kind of, I liked what OKC did. Getting Victor Oladipo, keeping your talent, 
Like, they, they had this mix of guys that I really like. And so are the young Tina's kind of already outperforming what people thought they would do on paper. So they keep this up. Yeah, they have a bright future. Very bright future. Especially with, with uh, Shy out there. Like, he's a beast. One of the most underrated players in the NBA. Just look, look at what he's done. Averaging over 30 points a game and efficiently. Like, yeah. He has a bright future, too. Uh, and I was cool with Minnesota. I, I, I was fine with what Minnesota was doing. The Timberwolves did what they had to do. They, they, I, I think, again, I've said they're built like a team that can really be a contender. Like how the team's already built right now. It's just mental. That's it. Which is a huge if, but still. Uh, I thought in terms of other players or teams, well, yeah, players, I thought Van Vliet definitely was a, a winner, Fred Van Vliet, because he is out here getting paid insane amounts of money. He's getting paid more than Kyrie Irving. He's, that's definitely a winner for him. He's definitely a winner. Brooks is definitely a winner. Got paid a lot when a lot of people were joking around and saying, oh, he's going to be in China or whatnot, you know. Oh, this man's not playing for the Wong Dong Tigers. This man is getting paid a lot of money. Uh, Max Schroes, a guy that no one even heard of two years ago. And now he's getting paid, what, almost 70 million? Wow. Like, again, another winner. Anyone with Rich Paul in clutch. At all of them. He's looking like the best agent in the NBA by landslide right now. Yeah. Clutch, like anyone Simon Clutch, literally everyone Simon Clutch got paid crazy amount of money. Maybe more than what they deserve, honestly. But they, yeah, they got paid a lot of money this all season. And uh, Jeremy Grant, obviously. Jesus. 160 plus mil. Wow. That is a lot of money. Yeah, he got he he definitely won yesterday. And this is well just overall. He won. Uh losers. I don't really know what Dallas was doing. They signed uh was it Dante Exum? Okay. I haven't even heard of Dante Exum in years. I didn't know he was still playing basketball. They they re signed Kyrie. Okay, cool. Can you get some big men? No? Okay. We're not signing big men. They're just, they're just not going to sign the big Okay. All right. So, yeah, I don't really know. The Dallas didn't really fix their problems. Uh, okay. They didn't really sign any defensive-minded players or any big men. Yeah, I don't get what they were doing. Uh, Houston, well, they finally have the money and decided to splurge it. I mean, I get to a certain extent, but Jesus. And when you look at the lineup they have, I looked at their shooting percentages. I don't know if any of them had 40% shooting risk. Like, did anyone have a... I don't think a single player in that, in that starting lineup, their projected starting lineup for next year at this point, is shooting higher than 44%. Like, is it... Okay. Uh, all right. I... It's, it's a lot of, of high-shooting, ball-dominant, low-efficient players on that Houston team right now. So I don't know how it's going to work at all next year. It'll be entertaining, I guess. Portland, I have no idea what Portland's doing. Well, I, I kind of, I think I do know what Portland's doing. They're preparing to tank. I would assume that's what that is. I At first, I thought, oh, man, they did a good job in the draft. They did a great job in the draft. They did a fantastic job in the draft. And then they come around during free agency and completely just 
set everything on fire. I don't know what they're doing. I guess is they just given up on on Dame and well yeah there's like okay, well time to just throw it away you guys. This season's a rebuilding season. So yeah, there you go. And the Pelicans, they didn't do anything. I don't I don't know what they did. Did they did is Nikhil Alexander still with them? Because that's somewhat of a loss. Jeez, like I don't know what the Pelicans are doing. All off season has been weird for them, and it's just kept on being weird. It's yeah, that's unfortunate. Uh, the Sixers, Bulls, and the Raptors. The Bulls, again, sort of like Dallas, they didn't really fix their needs. Okay. Uh, the Sixers, they just kind of, I don't know, him and the Raptors kind of just doing things. Like, they're not really doing anything special. I, I guess they just want to do what the Bucks did, I guess, and just keep, well, the Sixers, it makes more sense because they were top four seed. The Raptors, I I think Schroeder works well for the Raptors. So who knows? Maybe they, I don't know if they're a loser or not. Really, would think about it. Uh, uh, yeah. Over. So yeah, that was that was it for winners and losers. Uh, a lot of winners, not as many losers because again, I don't think a lot of teams did a lot of bad moves. And I think a lot of teams are now starting to find out that today's day and age is better to have a plug and play type of, of supporting cast for your two top or three top stars instead of trying to make a big three. With no death. So, uh, overall, a lot of the front offices did a good job. One group of front offices that did a great job, I thought. Overall, the Pacific Division next year in the Western Conference is going to be a bloodbath. The Lakers did great. They look like a, one of the top three teams in the NBA right now, honestly. The Kings did not regress at all. So, they'll be even, probably even better next year. Suns, like I said, I don't know if they'll be as good as they were last year. Well, I think they will, but like slightly, but that's still really good. Uh, Warriors... They didn't get older, yeah, but they did what they felt safe doing, and that's all I could ask for, really. So, yeah, like, the zero still be good. The, the Clippers, it all depends on if they get hard. Well, I'll say this. I don't have a lot of trust in, in Paul George and Kawhi Leonard staying healthy, because, especially Kawhi, which is unfortunate for him because it's chronic, so I don't think he can stay healthy like that long term, but... If they were to get Harden, they'll be good. I, I they'll be good regardless, but yeah, they'll be really good now, I guess. So, like, overall, it'll be tough for me to decide who's first and who's last. Whoever's last place in the, in the Pacific next year is not going to be a bad team. They're still going to make the playoffs, most likely. Like, you're going to see, I think, two years in a row now, I think the Pacific Division will have all five of their teams in the playoffs. And I think this will be an all-time great division next year, quite honestly. Like... Yeah, so like overall, if I was to do predictions at this moment, at this very second in the NBA, I would go East, one Miami, I think, if they get Dame. Yeah, they'll lose some depth. I'm kind of tossed between them and Boston, honestly, because they do lose depth, but oof, we tell, you, can still, you still have Caleb Martin. If that Highsmith guy can level up the way that Duncan Robinson and, and, and Max Schroes and Gabe Vincent did after they're, like, starting out. Like, because they kind of went the same way that Heisman's going. Like, they started out kind of, like, glow on the radar. Like, I don't know, like, huh? And then it got a little, little better, right? Like, okay. And then it's exploded the next year. So, like, in Caleb Martin, the same way. So, like, if Heisman's can go that same route, then maybe they won't fall off that much, supporting cast-wise. And then, of course, they still have BM, too. So, that, again, like... 
Miami, yeah, who knows? I it's a toss up between Miami and Boston for me for one and two. I think Milwaukee's three. Like, they'll still be very good, obviously. So, like, they're not falling off that much at all, really. Uh, four, I think Philadelphia. They didn't do much in the offseason, but again, I think off of the talent they have, they're still good enough to be a top four seed in the East. I think New York did get somewhat better. Getting Dante Divanchenko was interesting. Uh, I th- I think he fits them well to some extent. Like he can shoot some threes, off ball too. So like I I th- and he brings good defense. So like yeah like I don't know. I I think the Knicks did a good job. Well, they did what they're projected to do, which it wasn't much, but it, you know it coming off a good year. Keep that same roster for the most part and build up from there. So yeah, uh, six. I went Cleveland. I did think that Cleveland paid too much for shoes. But I did like some of the other moves they did. Like, I, 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 keeping, bringing back Levert and, and getting some extra shooters. I think they, because Cleveland did have a problem with consistent shooting in the playoffs, at least. Especially the playoffs. And in a problem at rebounding, weirdly enough, in the playoffs, even though they have a lot of big men. So that's, that was a little strange. But overall, I think Cleveland, I think they'll be fine. Top number six. In the play-in, I have Indiana, who I think did it, it gets a big jump. I think they make the play-in this year. I got Atlanta. Didn't do much, but they're going to a team that doesn't make the playoffs still. Uh, Brooklyn, who I think they were going to make the top six last year, but a lot of that was because they had KD at first, and then they kind of not fell off, but you know. They'll still be a, a, they're a better team this year. So I think they still make the playoff, playoffs anyway to be at the play-in. And 10, I think Chicago. I'm not as high in Chicago because they didn't really do much to improve the team. And a lot of the top players tend to have injury problems anyway, so I don't know really with them. That's, they're kind of in a weird spot. But yeah, that's my East predictions at this moment. And at this moment for the West, I got one Denver, two Lakers. I think those are the top two teams in the NBA this year coming up. I think that's probably a Western Conference Finals matchup, honestly. Denver did get a little weaker because, again, not bringing back Bruce Brown... The defense is not going to be as good, probably, especially against guard play. But I still think the offense is good enough. And, like, Jokic is the best player in the NBA right now. So they'll still be good enough to be a top-two team in the West, without question, I think. Uh, to the Lakers, yeah, the defense will be even better, probably, honestly. Uh, if they can get a second big man, who does? And the, guy, and the type of big man they needed, right, was a Jackson Hayes, right? He plays solid enough defense. His type of scoring is he does a good job of, of catching lobs. That's exactly what they needed out of Dwight Howard and, and, and JaVale McGee when they won in the bubble, right? So, like, they can get two big men like that with that roster. I mean, yeah, I, that, that's a good thing. AD is all it depends on AD and LeBron now. LeBron comes back healthy like he has the last two times. He won't have to carry so much of a load on his back. So, yeah, that is if AD can... can uh, come back and, and play like he did at the end of the regular season and consistently and or play defensively like he did in the playoffs inconsistently. And yeah, that team could be number one in the West, honestly. He did a great job. They don't really have any holes if they can get a second big man. Uh, Memphis, I have three. I Like I said, they were good enough to be a top three team in the West already last year. It's just now they have, hopefully they have maturity to grow up a little. And having uh, some older players coming in to help 
you know, mature them up, goals them up, I think is a good, I, I think they'll be fine. And like I said, John's only out 25 games. Again, keep a good head on his shoulders when he comes back, they'll be fine. For Phoenix, I think they improve, and people like, Phoenix is four? Phoenix was like four or five last year. That's how good the West is. So I think the Phoenix will improve to a certain extent. So I think four is the right position. I think Sacramento will be better. But again, the West will be so deep. So five is not that bad of a deal. I, I Six and seven is a toss-up between the Clippers and Golden State. So one of them is playing and one of them is not in the plan. I don't know which one. So you can flip a coin on that, honestly. This is how low the West is. This is like early to mid-2010s West. Where like the Clippers were like a fifty plus point, I mean fifty game win team in like six seed, <laughs> like that's how low loaded the West used to be. The Spurs had the big three they had and were like a fifth seed. So, yeah, like uh, eight Minnesota. I do think they'll be better. I liked what they did in, in the front office wise, but again, it all depends on mental. Nine OKC. Uh, yeah, I, like I said, they'll be better. But again, the West is so loaded, so nine is as high as it's getting. And I think Dallas, I, I think Dallas will get the 10th seed. Utah is still too young, and they still are a year or two away. Uh, and New Orleans, I don't like what's going on behind the scenes there, or just in general what they're doing in front office. I, yeah, not a fan of it. Uh, I think they probably don't make the bland. So yeah, that's my predictions for the NBA. Now, switching gears to a sport that doesn't get anywhere near the love it deserves, in America at least, especially on the big channels like ESPN, that's track and field. The USATF Outdoors Track and Field Championships are coming up this weekend, and are they even going to be shown on NBC? I don't... Let me see. Are they going to be shown on NBC? I hope they are. I don't think they are, actually. Uh, let's see here. Uh, okay. Let's see. Uh, no. Uh, majority of the coverage is going to be on USATF.TV+. I don't know what that is. I mean, I know what it is, but I... Come on. And CNBC. Really? CNBC? Not even NBC. You can find... Come on, y'all. Like, these, those are usually on NBC. Like, at least the, at least the main, like, events that people you know, casuals will talk about. That stuff's always shown on NBC. Or at least, like, yeah, the, the main stuff is always on NBC. They're, like, the lesser-known stuff. It shouldn't be lesser-known because all of it should be appreciated. But that was usually shown on, like, CNBC. That would be shown on CNBC. Or, like, uh, NBC Universal, which I don't believe exists anymore. But, yeah. Now it's just... CNBC and USATF.TV. Or Peacock. No. Okay. I'll get on Peacock later on in this, but come on. And it's like between that and then the whole filming of photography thing, photography thing, like they put out due to our broadcast restrictions, we are not able to allow third party filming at the venue. This includes athletes, personal filming crews, videographers, and social media teams. What? So so people came in and filmed them doing this. Come on. That's how you get stuff. Out. That's how you get stuff out. That's wow. All right, that that's dumb. Uh, you did blocking off coverage of your own sport when it's hot. People think track is not as big as it used to be because it's not the athlete's fault. 
athletes are doing a good job. It's the media's fault for not covering it rightly. Like, even as monstrous, even last year, as crazy as some of those records were broken, they only showed it for, like, a blip or, like, on the SC Top 10 for SportsCenter or something. Like, come on. This is big stuff. And the people, the people wonder, like, oh, man, why are there not as many Olympic stars as they, as they used to be? It's like in, like, 08 and 2012, because back in 2008 to 2012, we're still the last few years where you actually covered that stuff correctly on ESPN. Like, come on. And honestly, ESPN, even NBC. Like, look, do a better job with this. Peacock? USATF.TV? What is that? CNBC? Really? Will they show Power Lunch? In the last bell? Whatever it is, where the, where the stock market? Like, what are we doing here, y'all? Come on. Like, like, she treat athletes better, USA. When it comes to track and field, actually, like, pay them. Because a lot of athletes complain about how they get screwed over and have to pay for their own stuff. They have to stay at below-average hotels. Like, these are rumors of your Olympic team, for the most part, right? They should have their housing or, like, situation where they have to stay at temporarily in their transportation. That should be paid for, I think. I have no idea why that's not. That's weird. That's really disrespectful. Like, I don't... and to know how far it is to do track and field, come on. But unfortunately, it's not the only sport where people get screwed over. I always talk about how mixed martial arts is like that too, where especially UFC, where people are not paid anywhere near what they deserve. But yeah, it's unfortunate. A lot of greed. But even like with Peacock, like going back to Peacock, I, I even look at that, right? Like, why are they showing so much stuff on Peacock? I don't want to watch Notre Dame football games on Peacock. I want to watch them on NBC. What's so important on a fall Saturday in like the afternoon than Notre Dame football? What are you going to show there, NBC? What? What, Jeopardy and stuff? That's not till 7. Or 7.30, depends on where you live. But like, what's of, in, of importance or relevance that you have to show at like noon or 3.30? That's not a, Nor- a Notre Dame game. Heck, even Jeopardy. During that time of the year, you don't want to show that. Because when college football's on, so like, okay, I don't get that. I don't. I don't get showing games more and more on Peacock. No one wants to watch Peacock. I swear, if they end up putting like something crazy, like putting like uh, WWE products, like the actual TV shows themselves on Peacock, okay. Like it's getting. Uh, you don't have to force people to go on your streaming service if it's, if it's not good, or if it's not that good. Seriously, like, come on. I don't want to watch Michigan versus East Carolina on Peacock. I'm not paying for that. Ew. Only time I want to watch Peacock is for Olympic sports. Because I know probably can't show all of that live on live TV. But like, this stuff? No. That doesn't make any sense. I'm not a fan of that. I hope I worried that Michigan, more Michigan games will be shown on Peacock. But yeah, overall, I'm not a fan of that stuff. I'm not a fan of, of some of the things that they're doing in track and field behind the scenes, it's, it doesn't help the athletes. Especially now, you have a kind of a golden generation in track and field right now. So don't screw that over. Or screw them over. And, and one more thing with sports. I want to talk about how, here's a quick thing. It's kind of funny. Uh, San Diego State. Okay. So you guys are talking about how you're going to leave the uh, Mountain West and, and, and 
freaking July, like right before college football season starts, when they have the schedules and everything, the TV and all that planned already. Well, now look at it. Now they're not. Okay. Uh, at this moment, I don't see that ever. Yeah. This is the same crap you'll be seeing. You'll be seeing more of this pretty much during this whole era of conference realignment. It's, it's just how it is. It's unfortunate. Kind of hilarious stuff. Speaking of hilarious, Twitter on Saturday. Uh, all right, Elon Musk, he doesn't know what he's doing. And this is really annoying, actually, in a way, but it's kind of hilarious. Like, apparently what happened with Twitter could have been multiple things. Either, like, a, it was DDoSing itself, which, if you want to know what that means, someone kind of put it really well. It was like, it was like if uh, any restaurant fast food drive through in your mind, like, under normal operations, right? A customer comes in, they get what they want, and they leave without issue. That's basically how any website or web-based app is supposed to work. That's pretty much what this person's saying, right? Uh, now, imagine that same drive through But rather than customers coming in and out as normal, you've got a circle of cars that keep driving around it over and over again without ordering, picking up food, or leaving. No other cars come in and get what they want because the drive through is completely full. That's basically what's happening whenever, you know, a server is experiencing a DDoS. Incoming requests from legitimate users are blocked out by a bunch of artificial traffic. And now that person says, now imagine that same scenario as a last paragraph, but instead of it being a malicious third party, it's a bunch of delivery drivers from that company who are doing the circling for some reason. That's essentially what was happening with Twitter on, on Saturday. What people think was happening with Twitter on Saturday. Either that or it could be that uh, Twitter stopped paying for its Google Cloud hosting, which ended on June 30th, the day before Saturday, and chaos ensued. So either way, it's it, it could be either of those two things, but like it is a, a mess anyway with Elon Musk. Like, and, and then it could be just the whole wanting people to pay extra to $8 or is BSing with that. Either way, like, it, it's just a mess with Twitter with him. It's been a mess since he's been on board. Twitter hasn't been good for a while now, <laughs> honestly. But ever since he's been on board, it's gotten worse. It was getting better because you were seeing less trolls around a certain, like, the late late 2010s. It was getting better, like, post-2017. But then he came on board, and now the trolls are back. That's, it, it's, Twitter's been on a downgrade for a while now. It, it literally felt like it was dying on Saturday. Like, that's how bad it was. So, the the sooner he sells it or he just drops it all together, the better, I guess. Now, one last thing I did want to talk about today involved the music industry. And it's a quick thing, but yeah, like, uh, country music in general has been on a bit of a, an upgrade in terms of success lately and, and, and popularity. Uh, there are some things I like about country music. Certain things and acts I'm not a fan of. Specifically, this one act who he's been pretty big for a, a couple of years now, but he's done some controversial things, said the N word, somehow has gotten even more successful past that. Uh, like how he's been an unstoppable force on the Billboard charts the last year or so. Uh, Morgan Wallen. I don't know how, but he's stayed on top for several weeks now at the Billboard 200. And and no one could take him down, even hip-hop. But 
it finally happened. Uh, after some very disappointing numbers across the board in Billboard 200 this entire calendar year, we finally have our first super big album from hip-hop this year. Our first number one, which happens practically halfway through the year, which is pretty disturbing, honestly, when you look at how well hip-hop is compared to other genres. Uh, Louis Vert, The Pink Tape. It's gonna be the new number one. So no more Morgan Wallen on top of the Billboard 200 for now, because I don't know who's coming after her, Uzi Vert next week. But his numbers are projected to be about a little over 250k, so that's a big bump from what we've been getting for a while now. That's another thing we have to talk about in the future, though, is how bad sales have been in music this whole year. But yeah, overall, that's just a, a thing I want to talk about quick. So yeah, and now on my big time pick. There's not a lot of sports going on. Uh, overall, I, I I had to look through uh, long and hard, but I decided to to go with uh, MLB this this uh, this time, and I'm gonna stick with Shohei Itani. I, I have the Angels being the Padres. Angels have done a lot better than people thought, a lot better than I think they do this year. Seems like Shohei Itani and then Towns finally starting to get over into W's now for them. They look really good. Uh, the Padres have been a very big disappointment somewhat to to an extent this year. Uh, San Diego, yeah, I have LA, I have the Angels being the Padres. So that was my big time pick. Uh, the one I had last time, correct? I had Ryan Krauser winning his Diamond League shot, shot put uh, finals and breaking the meet record. I believe he broke the meet record. Uh, he definitely won. So I definitely feel confident that I'll be right on this big time pick as well. So that's it for today. And uh, I do want to point out that on Wednesday, I'll be talking about the ESPN layoffs. Uh, that's a very important thing. I wouldn't, I had a lot to talk about for uh, the NBA free agency that's happened so far. So I wouldn't give no time for that one. So I'll talk about that more on Wednesday. And uh, for now, again, episodes every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Uh, remember to follow me on Twitter at underscore at Pulliam underscore Blake, P-U-L-L-I-A-M. And it's Blake Pulliam on Twitter. And remember to hit that subscribe button, you guys. Please, definitely. So uh, that's it for today. See you guys again on Wednesday. See y'all.